0: Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Out of the Question, the show formerly known as 10 Questions. Hello and welcome to 10 Questions. This is the first episode of my interview show where I ask people I find interesting the same 10 questions every time and then become amazed by the different ways they choose to answer them. It's been a wild 100 episodes recorded over 7 years, the most recent 50 coming a lot quicker than the first. I'm not going to mention individual episodes, but I want to thank all the guests who have come on and revealed their most personal stories and opinions. I'm so spoilt that when an interview subject doesn't bear their soul, I'm often left wondering why. So thank you to all the generous guests. Quick apology for the sound quality in the first 50 eps. No Zoom in those days. You either had to be in the same city or record the episode over the phone and no one wanted to do Skype. I'm sure there are other options, but I just didn't have the bandwidth to seek them out. Now, to help celebrate the big three figures, I've invited back the first ever guest on the podcast, Dave O'Neill, what is your greatest regret?
1: That I didn't push my band further in the 80s and become pop stars. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Over the past 100 episodes, Dave's been on the show twice and gets mentioned in passing by guests every other week. We recorded the first ever episode in August
1: 2015. Um, hey, hang on, hang on a sec. Well, hang on a sec. Hey, can you go, can you go outside and talk? Because I'm just going to do this podcast thing. Sorry. We're not going to be that much longer, are we? No, um, you got two more questions. More I've got question. two more questions. <laughs>
0: We had to record that episode twice because we had phone problems. So for this landmark episode, I've asked Dave to list the five biggest events in his life since that day. We started proceedings with the fifth biggest event and we moved on from there.
1: Well, that's, that's see, I can't, that was, so we did that first podcast seven years ago. Is that right? Okay, August wow. 2015. Well, I definitely had a book out uh, the next year. Summer of, 80, summer of 82, Adam. Oh, yes. Uh, my memoir. Well, sort of a memoir. Um so yeah that was a big deal i suppose um definitely well received didn't sell that yes. well i've got to say had people came up to me on the street at gigs sent me letters emails that absolutely love that book but i reckon i reckon looking at the sales figures i reckon i met everyone who bought the book <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you everyone who bought the book loved it because if that basically the book you can still get it on booktopia it's about growing up in the 80s in melbourne if, every, if everyone who grew up within 10 miles of my house or even within two miles of my house from that era would have bought that book, it would have been a bestseller. But it just for some reason, that just uh, whatever. I turned into a live show, which was good, and I toured that a bit, and, um, and it certainly uh, was well-received. And it would, would have made a good TV show. still would make a good TV show you know, in Wonder Years kind of style, that kind of nostalgic thing about the early 80s. But Because, um, you know, the music was good. So but it, was it was based good. around
0: the music, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It has me on the front with a Devo hat on. And yes. it's about that. Back in the day in the uh, 80s and the 70s, you had to wait for your year 12 results. You had to wait like 10 weeks, it was, which is bizarre because they get it so quickly now because I've got a son who just finished year 12. They get it in December. We had to wait till like January the 20th or something. Yeah. So it's about that six, eight-week period of time. And a lot of stuff happened in that eight weeks. Well, so, so you would have been a boarding school. Well,
0: here's the thing: um, mum and dad were dead set against me going to schoolies, Brian. Oh, so, yeah. See,
1: schoolies didn't exist in my day. Didn't exist. No, at all.
0: it was it was probably just it's just starting to pick up. Steam. Queensland, in, yeah. yeah. Um, I was in Queensland, and so they kind of kidnapped me, <laughs> inverted commas, immediately after speech night, and took me to London.
1: Oh, that's fantastic, though.
0: Um, yeah, it was fantastic. But, you know, it was just, again, Good. I was by myself in London. My <laughs> mum and dad were doing stuff, and I was like, you know, just walking the streets to go to see plays. But you, I, would, you
1: wanted to hang out with your mates.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, w- w- what few mates I had. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, so I remember dad ringing up our friends, our next door neighbors, to get the results. And they told me.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. We we, we got the results from Postman. And then mum and dad were down the beach house, so uh, dad rang from the public phone. And he said there was a line of people lining up to ring their kids to see what <laughs> results. <laughs> and dad's like, dad's opening words were, did you fail? Did you fail? <laughs> <laughs> because I've got a twin. I'm like, no, no, we both passed. He's like, bloody hell, Joyce, they both passed. <laughs> wow. And you got into PR, didn't you? Yeah, no, I go into teaching at that point. Teaching, okay. And I said, i got an A in history. He's like, what? I got an A in history? <laughs> wow, was he, that modern history? No, Australian history.
0: Australian history. Oh God, I
1: love modern history too. Um, he was shocked, and then no, I did teaching. Uh, I got straight into a teachers' college, which was a big mistake, and then uh, uh, I did uh, public relations later on, which is an arts degree. Yeah, yeah
0: gotcha. So did you did you finish teaching?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never taught. I went on the rounds, and I never taught.
0: So you graduated but, from two. You yeah. Got two degrees. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Bloody it's hell. technically a diploma and a degree. The, the, the teachers t- Back in those days, primary teaching was a three-year diploma. I finished the course, and you, they sent you on teaching rounds. I was 17 when I was on teaching rounds. I was too young and stupid. And um, the last day of my teaching rounds in my third year was the last day of my course. I still maintain it was one of the happiest days of my life where I went, I am never doing this, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I just walked out.
0: <laughs> Did you wear a short sleeve shirt with a tie?
1: One school. I went to one private school um, on rounds and we had to wear a tie. Yeah, yeah. Right, Which, I yeah. mean, just, just as why well I worked in the supermarket and I could tie a tie. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, no, no. I mean, teaching. I, I could teach now after 30 years of stand-up, but I couldn't do it back then. It was too hard.
0: Yeah. a hard that's job.
1: Fascinating. Respect to every teacher out there. But there's a few. You know why? Because I'm talking about this. This is one of my pet things to talk about. In comedians, you'll find quite a few ex-teachers and they're all from more blue collar kind of backgrounds where if you were slightly creative in the 70s and the 80s, your parents pushed and teachers pushed you into teaching. Yes. Because there were no sort of acting courses or film courses and they said, yeah, you, you like a bit of creative stuff. Be a teacher off you go be a drama teacher or an English that's teacher right and mate. that's what happened that's what Denise Scott Glenn Robbins um, so yes. here in Sydney there's quite a few ex-teachers yeah
0: and and before the generation before that I'm just talking about actors and you know you know performers uh, it was it was becoming a vicar yeah that's, yeah that's interesting isn't you it know? yeah funny number four mate uh, what's the fourth biggest thing?
1: Oh, I did, I did, I did my own TV show. I did, as I tell, I did a pilot called Dave and that was on the part of the channel 10 pilot week in 2018, maybe I I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a sitcom based on my life. And so, um, and I basically financed that myself and then channel 10 bought it to put it on their pilot week. And as I said, my, tell my kids, I had my own sitcom for one night on Channel 10. <laughs> oh, Friday night. It was a good one. It's called Dave. <laughs> and it, it looked that and it was a competition to see. And pe- I think people, I don't know if people voted, but um, I think the Channel 10 executives just chose the ones they, they really liked. And what got up? I'm trying to think what got up from that. Um, the ones that got up was um, Trial by Kyle um, um, with Kyle Sandelands. <laughs> it was sort of like a Judge Judy thing. Oh, Drunk History got up. Yep. And yeah. Kinney. Kinney, got up, which was great for Troy. Right,
0: Kinney. so we'd have to say out of that that Kinney was the the one that had some sort of longevity. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I think Kinney's still going. Uh, certainly, it was two series, and so. But that that was a great experience uh, making because you know uh, I've worked on a lot of different TV shows and stuff over the years, and people always say, "Oh, you should do your own show," but that's easier said than done. And so, <laughs> but you know, I wrote this script and. um and then got you know Glenn's in it and uh, and uh, Thorno's in it, uh, Dilric, um Emily Tahini. So yeah, it was good fun. It was good yeah. fun, and we were hoping for it to go to series, but it just didn't. It didn't happen because you know one of the reasons why Peter Hellier's show uh, got up on Channel Ten same year or well, yeah, yeah same year I think or well, yeah, yeah, yeah stay yeah. married and it's they're similar shows. So because right. Peter, Peter Hellier lives less than. Maybe a oh he lives about a mile from my house, so he lives just around the corner, and he's married with three kids. I'm I'm married with three kids, so um two white a middle aged men, so um that's that's definitely one of the reasons Channel Ten t- said to me they said oh you know Pete's a, a star here and we have got to look after him yeah fair enough so, yeah,
0: um, yeah 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 so I'm still
1: hoping though that the Dave Show yeah sees the light of day somewhere I'm I'm not hoping but I all.
0: thought it was great and I thought all the performances were, were amazing but um. Uh, the one that did stand out to me was Dave Thornton. I, I like oh, yeah. that guy is an underrated talent when it comes to <laughs> yeah. acting. You know, there's yeah. there's, a, there's a, probably a handful of stand-ups who are really good at acting, including yourself.
1: He's great.
0: Dave um, Thorno is 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 great. He's he's
1: yeah it, for, for mean, everyone who missed it. Um, most and you can still watch it, it's on my website actually. If you go to daboneil.net.au, and I would never push my website because there's never anything happening on it, it's like a stagnant pond, <laughs> but there is a link to that show and you can watch it.
0: Um, the third biggest thing, mate,
1: I think, uh, what, why don't we just say, uh, started doing podcasts. Uh, oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> cause I would mate. have
1: started. I don't know when I started, but let's just say the ones with Glenn and with Kitty. So I do one with Glenn called Somehow related. And I do one with Kitty, uh, the junkies, um, about snack food. So doing both, of, working with both of them has been great. And, um, I do another one called a Debrief, which I haven't done for a while because that was the original one I did where I interview comedians as we drive to a gig and then when we do the gig and we drive home. But because of COVID, I've just been scared. I haven't been to a lot of cars with yeah. other comedians. I've been driving to gigs by myself. So yeah. um, that was a fun podcast to do. But It was a cracker. Was a cracker. I loved it. Um, my favourite Debrief episode would probably
0: be Matthew Hardy uh, and yes. just the story about the the
1: story about the two jobs that he the got two out jobs. After. I've told that story a million times. Yeah, it's so funny. So he he got offered two jobs on the same day, and uh, when he was a young man, one um mowing the lawns for the Waverley Council, <laughs> and the other one working for the Reserve Bank as a clerk. Um, Dad goes, oh, you got offered both jobs today." So he come home from work. And uh, and I went great, and he goes, oh, you got offered the Clark job at the Reserve Bank of Australia, or the right On Mower job at the Oakley Council. And I went, he goes, which which one are you going to take? And I went, right On Mower. From, <laughs> from behind his back, he from behind his back, he
0: pulled out a suit he'd gone and bought yeah. from like Fletcher Jones or something. And he goes,
1: wrong answer. You're working for the bank. Love it. Wrong answer. That's like a quiz show. I love it. Wrong answer. <laughs> wrong
0: answer you're not in charge of your life that was the days when you weren't in charge of your life until you're 25 i mean yes. it, it was like you know all the kids have got their freedoms and everything these days i mean literally oh, i was man. not allowed to make a decision you know
1: well you had wished off at school just to london
0: so. oh mate yeah that was it's like totally infantilized
1: um so number two well i reckon well, we'll um uh, the pandemic I think it was yeah. the pandemic hit, and um, because I'm in Melbourne, it was such a, for the last two years, so what? So late, I remember I did my last gig for, in 2020 in March the 15th at the, um, the uh, what was it, the Military Academy in Canberra, which is next to Duntroon, <laughs> but it's not Duntroon, but it's like Duntroon. It's all young men and women, mainly men, who are between the ages of 18 and 21, and they're going to uni, but they're also in the military. And so the military is paying for their uni. Yeah. And so I had to go along to this basically a mess hall and um, do this gig for them. And they'd bang the tables when you'd like this, when you'd make a joke, but mainly when you'd pick on them. And the guy that picked me up, uh, he was a nice guy. His dad was the leader of the National Party, McCormack. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he was one of the National Party big heads. Anyway, yeah. he was um, – <laughs> and so the guy's like, oh, I mean, just, just say whatever you want, mate. Don't, don't worry about it. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. And But then, then I met the captain who was a female captain in charge of – she was pretty serious, and she's like, oh, you know, you, you can't be too – you know, you can't be too rude or anything here, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but I, I, I would do – I mean, I'm a, you know, 56-year-old man, so I'm like their dad talking yeah, yeah. to them. So the the stand-up didn't go that well. But as soon as I hung shit on individuals, they loved it. Like, for example, there was a like a chubby kid sitting down the front. I go, oh, look, my son's turned up, everyone. And they're all like, whoa, bang the table. <laughs> then, they, then I said, which bit of the military are you in? The Air Force, the Navy the Army? And he goes, I'm in the Air Force. And I go, well, wow, how do the planes take off with you on board? And then it's like... <laughs> like bang, bang on the tables like this. And then the the woman said to me afterwards, first thing she said to me, the captain, was, there'll be complaints. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so I I did that gig. And I remember COVID was massive in the news and stuff. And I was paranoid about, you know, touching stuff and talking to people. And then I got on the plane back to Melbourne. That was the last plane I got for two, maybe two years or something. Because then uh, March 2020, it really hit. And, you know, the comedy festival was (laughs) cancelled. And then we were just stuck in our houses. And they and and so it was it was a really big thing, actually. When you, it was like a war kind of yeah. thing. Because I've got three children, they were all at school. Um, and also at the same time, my wife's mum was really sick, so she was looking after her. She eventually passed away in the pandemic.
0: Oh my god. It
1: was terrible. And so I was in charge of the children. I was basically we get up in the morning, and look, there were some advantages, there was no Getting up at 7 30 to drive the kids to school or anything like that because everyone was just home. So yeah. you get out of bed <laughs> at 8 30. <laughs> but I was like Alice from the Brady Bunch. I would make them breakfast, help with their homework, make them lunch. And then yeah, there was always what's for dinner, Dad, what's for lunch, dad? What's for breakfast, Dad? You know what I mean? I was like, I was wow. like a maid yes. basically. And this yeah. went on and then you take them out for their one hour walk. You have to do like one hour, you can only do one hour of exercise. Yep. Um, and so in the in the pandemic, I You know what? I got into two things, which was bizarre. I got into footy, which, as you know, I've never been into AFL, even though I grew up in a very Collingwood house with my dad and brothers, Um, but I rejected that. I rejected Collingwood from a young age. (laughs) Um, And then when I started Radio on Nova in the early 2000s, they said I had to choose a team. So I chose uh, the Bulldogs because I was living in Footscray. But, again, I wasn't really into it. I didn't go to the games. I wasn't interested. But you had to pretend for commercial radio, you know, even though Hughie would pick on me relentlessly for faking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's not really into it. He's not really into it. Don't ask him any questions. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) because I remember Will Anderson came in, who's a serious Bullock supporter, and Will's like, are you a Bullock supporter? I went, yeah. He's like, he's not really. He don't pretend. (laughs) But anyway, what happened in the pandemic and a bit before the pandemic, we would go to Ge- my wife from Geelong, my daughter's a teenager, got into Geelong, her, her nan, which is the, uh, uh, Betty who eventually passed away, she, big Geelong supporter. So I would had to drive them to the football and watch the games and stuff. And then the pandemic hit and so we'd all watch it at home. And so I got right into Geelong and I became a Geelong supporter and I loved it. i got to say, I got right into it
0: that's amazing i i like the idea of a like a you know like bloomer a middle life uh supporter um so but you also um you're also known as the the, the zoom guy you know oh you, the you, zoom yeah the king yeah, of zoom you,
1: i'm standing in my zoom room now but i've dismantled my whole i used to have a background of all toilet paper and yeah, you've seen it all the yeah. crap that i have in the background but yeah i've only done one zoom gig this year the zoom, zoom thing has well and truly dried up but in the peak I was doing like three or four a week easy Yeah, of these Zoom gigs. So, so many businesses and stuff and even schools and, I don't know, charities were kind of stuck with, you know, like the first one I did was, or well, the second one I did was for a real estate agent who I'd done a gig for before. And he goes, oh, mate, we just need someone to come on at the end of the salesman because everyone's depressed, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, he goes, just pick on, you know, pick on real estate agents and stuff. So I did that one, and that went well. And then I got other real estate ones, and I just started doing them. And in the end, I had a whole act. I had a puppet. I had all these prop jokes that I'd pull up. Um, You know, where's where's one of them? Here we go. This is this is one because we had so many lockdowns in Melbourne. I said they're like iPhones, and so I made props like this. See, that says lockdown. Six. So it's like an <laughs> iPhone box, and then you'd pull it out. And it's got a prop, little gags in it, like there's got a. Oh, I've got like the vaccine, and. You know, <laughs> They're just all crap visual gags, but you know what? They're good. They worked well on Zoom. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing that, um, which was, which was fun. But I, um, yeah, I, I mean, didn't. I, I didn't mind it. A lot of people hated it.
0: But a lot of comedians were just like going, "How did Dave do it? I, I want to get. I want to get in on that. You know, it was like. A... Yeah.
1: Well, no, you know who else did did well? Cal Wilson, and she she had a lot of props too. She had some very funny props. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. I think I think if, yeah, it's just like you know, people would say. I remember one comedian said to me. Oh, uh, comedy doesn't work on Zoom. But that's like saying comedy doesn't work on the radio or comedy doesn't work on TV. It's just a different format and you've got to adapt it for that format. And the, the more Zoom jokes you do, you know, if you talk about the format that we're on now, the better it goes, basically. Because everyone's, everyone's, you know, everyone's, you know, hit, you know, unmute yourself. You know, everyone's, there's all these terms now. That yeah, that's right. Part of the, um, part of the, yeah, the zeitgeist.
0: Well how did you how did you work out like you know that you know, you got this frame this rectangular frame mm. and how did you work out what what plays well prop wise etc
1: Oh just just through trial and error Yeah <laughs> I yeah I did yeah. so I did so many of them and then I would do I would do you know some with uh, Hughie I did a lot with Hughie Yeah um cuz you know he was always keen you No, know, get me involved
0: and so <laughs> he,
1: we would do Hughie we have a problem so which is a perfect format for that kind of thing where So you do like a company, you know. We did like builders, and they send in their problems, and then we just go, "Oh, yeah, Phil, Phil, you're there, Phil." And Phil would come up on the screen. What's your problem, mate? And you go, "Oh, you know, bloody people keep calling me a tight ass or whatever." And then we just muck around, (laughs) you know. So they actually worked really well, but um, but it's all over, Adam. It's finished. The Zoom Boom has finished.
0: It came and went. Well, Yeah, well, it was but, so, it so
1: bizarre,
0: but yeah. it, it came and went. We lived through history, mate. Yeah. um, Gosh. The big one. So the big that, one. Oh, yeah, number one. What was the biggest thing that it's happened? It's
1: sad, but my dad passed away. That's so, right. The, but apart from dad passing away, um, my mother-in-law passed away, who I was close to, and she used to live with us. She was a big Geelong sport. She's a big fan of mine. She used to say, "She used to say I was amazing." I think my oh, wife never wow. says that? <laughs>
0: wow!
1: <laughs> you need someone to pump up your tires. That's so right. we'd be sitting around like on a Tuesday night. I get to like eight thirty. I go, "Oh, I've got to do a gig now." I get up. She goes, "That's amazing! I can't believe it. How do you get up and do that?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's called an act, Betty. That's why it's called <laughs> an act. You put on an act." <laughs> I don't want to do it some nights, but um. So she passed away. Uh-huh. Dad passed away. With Dad passing away, Mum was at home by herself, and Dad used to basically be a carer because she's had a couple of strokes. She's on a walking frame, so she had to. She lived at home for a while, and me and my brother would go over every day and check on her and stuff. But she kept falling over, yeah. which is a classic thing that happens to people in their eighties. Uh, and um, so she went to rehab hospital, and then she never came out and went into a nursing home where she is now. And so with that. The family home of 60 years where we all grew up in Mitcham was just sitting there, and so we just sold it on the weekend about two weeks ago. No, a a settlement was a week ago. So me and my brother, because there's four of us, there's four boys, but one's in Queensland, one's in Switzerland, and then there's me and Mark in Melbourne. We had to clean up this house, and there was 60 years of stuff, and you've been through it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, that's hugely emotional. I I remember when my mum died, um, I was in my 20s still. Mm, That's so young. Yeah, Yeah, that's terrible. At that stage, I was at the Herald Sun. So what I would do is I'd be writing stories like, you know, I'd probably be writing 10,000 words a week as far as stories are concerned, and then going home and writing screenplays at night, right? Yeah. Writing all the time. And so I went to this everyone said, Adam, you need to go to counseling. You need to go to counseling. You need to speak to someone. So I went to a counselor and the only thing she ever said was, You just need to write your feelings down. Oh wow. And I said Interesting. I can't write another word. Yeah. I'm hundred <laughs> percent burned out. Is there another way? And She had no other way. So that was wow. my only counselling. But the point I was I was making is have you ever have you, did you go through any counselling um during no. this time?
1: No. No, <laughs> it's good, mate. You might have to write shit Maybe down. I should. Maybe I, I Now it's interesting. Um, I mean, Dad's Dad's passing away was sort of sudden. He was quite fit, <clears throat> Kev, but he had a heart attack at home. Didn't really realise he had a heart attack. Went to hospital. He's sitting up in bed talking to us, and the doctor goes to me and my brother. Oh, can I? Can I talk to you outside? <clears throat> And the guy's like, have you thought about uh, – have you got a plan for Kev's end of life? I'm like, whoa, whoa. And my brother's like, is he dying? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's not looking good. <laughs> so, oh, my God. And then like five, five weeks later, he was dead. So, oh. yeah, it was bizarre. But with an older person, I was speaking to a doctor in the – God, I was lining up the chemist. we start. I was starting to talk to Linda, the who works for him, I know who works there. And then I, she said, oh, your, your dad passed away. I went, yeah, yeah. And she got, oh, what happened? Because, you know, people in chemists, have a pretty good insight into medical, yes. medical stuff. And then a guy lying up said, yeah, I'm a doctor. He goes, what, what happens at that age? He goes, "He have got no reserves. And so once one thing, because they couldn't operate on Kev. He got a bowel blockage. They couldn't yeah. operate because he's too old. So which had happened before, but they operated on him years ago, you know. So, um, but with, with that whole thing, yeah, you start to think about, of course, as my brother said, he's like, bloody hell, he's like only 30 years older than us, Kev, you know. Yeah. So we've got 30 years left. Yeah, But yeah. as, uh, as uh, <clears throat> I was doing a bit of radio on Mick Malloy's show, and Mick knew Dad because Dad had done a couple of skits with Mick over the years and he'd met – and he liked Mick because Mick's dad was also in the Air Force. Yeah, so you both had, had uh,
0: military dads. Yeah, military
1: dads. And, and uh, Mick said, mate, how was he? How was he? I said he was 85. He goes, mate, I'd take 85 today. <laughs> if someone said to me, Yeah, you're going to die at 85, you'd bloody – he'd accept it, I reckon. Well, I would. And yeah. as I said to Mick, though, but, you know, my dad – that generation were a lot healthier than us. So yeah, no, they yeah. Didn't, they, he didn't. Dad didn't drink, didn't smoke. drank a little bit towards the end, but um, you know, but and you know, they, they weren't eating sugar all the time. were, you know, he loved takeaway food like me, but he, he was not never really fat until yeah you know, the last five years or so. so but you
0: yeah you, <clears> you 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 don't drink either really.
1: Oh, I have a beer occasionally, but um, yeah yeah. But um yeah, so that was a big change. Yeah. You know, and, yeah it really the whole, is. Yeah, mum's in the nursing home, but she's quite happy, you know. In the nursing oh, that's home, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. it takes yeah. a while,
0: but selling the house that's a big thing, too, you know. And oh, um, yeah, because it's, it's uh, you know, just cleaning out that stuff. cleaning out. Oh, my god, 60 years of stuff, yeah, mate. And dad
1: collected everything, like, collected menus when they went overseas or phone cards and yeah, and stuff, and um all the clothes and just all the stuff. So then there's a the garage. You're like two kayaks in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, we still haven't finished it. We still we moved a lot of stuff to the garage. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's the last, the last skip I think is coming this weekend. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the last things dad said to me, he goes, oh, so many loose ends. That's what he said. Oh, my God. And I think he was referring, but, but the problem, he was, he was so busy looking after mum and just, you know, living. They so didn't really have time to clean anything up. No, so, no.
0: Well, um, you know, mate, thank you for the uh, for what being a seven most years guest. it's been. Yeah, what yeah. a six or
1: seven it's been. Uh, it's been epic.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Out of the Question. We'd also like to thank all the guests that appear on the show. And if you have a minute, please subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app and leave us a rating. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me on Twitter at Adam Until next time, thanks for joining us.